Bailey and Harper, we are back, and uh, we're handsome. We're, we're on time. It's, uh, I don't know, I'm just saying words right now. Episode 77, Bailey and Harper, and a third is in the mix. Smoke Ludwig is making his uh, maiden voyage on Bailey and Harper, episode 77. Fitting that uh, this, this, this big young fellow right here is in for a tackle number 77. We got some beef in the house today. Great, great. <laughs> was it aggressive again with the meat? So aggressive. Was it aggressive with the meat so again? Aggressive. Damn it. I messed it up again, man. Twice in 12 hours. That's not good. That's not good. So I got a meeting to get to after we're done with this with Omaha Steaks. They're a new sponsor of the show, uh, my radio show, our radio show. And I, I was calling Roman last night and I was like, hey, bud, I got an Omaha Steaks meeting tomorrow after the podcast. So we I was really excited for you. You were excited. You were very supportive. And then I, I blurted out, I got some free meat coming your way. Which is aggressive again. I, I said it very aggressively again. I'm sorry about that. I really am. It's okay. We'll continue to move on. Smoke, welcome. <laughs> the second time he's going he's gonna to be like, whoa, bro. Whoa, it's too much. Let's move on right Understandable, now. understandable. I'll have to deal with him sometimes too. He made some aggressive uh, transitions and references while he was out at the golf course a couple weeks ago at Coil Hollow that made me a little nervous. Whoa, whoa. What did I do now? You, you made some sexual innu innuendos that I would have not made in front of company. Oh, please do tell. Hollow. Like, we, we're the exactly worst ones. This is a podcast. We can say whatever the fuck we want. That's smoke. it. Go See, ahead. he just said fuck. <laughs> Try it out, Smoke. Try it. Fuck. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> See, he broke the seal. We can say what we want to on a podcast. All right, let's 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 do the ceremonial thing. Episode 77. Rome, who's the best to ever do it wearing 77? All right, I got two. Uh, number one, shout out to the New Orleans Saints. My guy, really good friend of mine, amazing player. One of the greatest of all time to do it. 77, Will William Rofe or Willie Rofe. Willie Rofe. Big Willie Rofe. 11-time uh, Pro Bowler, six-time first-team All-Pro, three-time second-team All-Pro, NFL All-Decade Team, Saints Hall of Famer, and Ring of Honor. He's also in the NFL Hall of Fame as well. Big Willie Rofe, amazing dude, really humble. Uh, I mean, he's still a fucking giant. He's a very, very big dude, Large. a very nimble giant, and he's, his legs are so skinny, it's crazy because – I'm like, how's this guy's leg so skinny? But he's <laughs> he's literally like, that's like the definition of an athlete. Really big person, skinny Ooh. legs. And this is my last one. I got to go with this one. And this is just a this is just a favorite. This is going to come out of left field, and I know you don't see this one coming, Kyle. Mm -hmm. Is Paul Coffey? Wow, NHL legend, defenseman, five-time Stanley Cup winner uh, with the Edmonton Oilers and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Most goals by a defenseman in a single season. Most points in a single game by a defenseman. Eight-time scoring leader by a defenseman. Longest point streak by a defenseman. And an NHL Hall of Famer. I became a big fan of his on NHL 98 when he was playing with the Detroit Red Wings back in the day. So, uh, because I was a big Sergei Fedorov fan. So, that was my uh, rendition right there. So, shout out to Paul Coffey. Big fan of his number 77, Detroit Red Wings. Well done, dude. <laughs> Willie Rofe and a hockey player. That's pretty impressive. Smoke, 77, what you got? I got to go with Chris Jenkins. Oh, Defensive yeah. tackle, played here in Carolina from 2001 to about 2006-07, was a mainstay on that defensive line. Had some injury concerns, but then he uh, also made a name for himself with the New York Jets, uh, especially when Rex Ryan got there in the late 2000s. So, Chris Jenkins is my guy. I like it. I, like I liked it. your uh, – the, the – the soft pick before Smoke, turn your mic show. up. So you're the new engineer on this podcast. Turn your mic up some. So I'll have to edit this thing. You'll have to edit it after the fact. Um, 
77. All right, check this out. I didn't see this one. First of all, honorable mention, Andrew Whitworth. Shout out. Love, Andrew. Uh, tackle, uh, Thursday Night Football now. Yep. Luka we're Doncic. We're on the same Playboy All-American team. Too. Wait, what? You were what? We're on the same Playboy All-American team. Oh, really? Coming out of college. Same Playboy All-American team. Does Playboy still do that? Does Playboy still have – they don't have, like, nah, physical magazines anymore, right? It, it's weird now. It's just – Okay, all right. Uh, I only read – I only had it for the articles just call, anyway. Just any time we mention Playboy, you can put it on a throwback. Yeah, no, that's great. Like, but I, I only – you know, I only wanted it for the, the articles. Um, so, Luka Doncic, second one here. Second one. Great. Uh, and then here's one for you. Pudge Rodriguez. Oh. Yvonne Rodriguez wore 77 with the Houston Astros. Pudge. Really? He Is he the greatest catcher ever? Defensive and catcher? And smoke, you would have a – well, that's a great – I mean, he, he was a decent hitter too. But, man, Pudge was the man behind the plate. Okay. All right. What smoke? do you say? Smoke? So, it's funny you mentioned Pudge Rodriguez and asked me about him because he played in the 90s for the Gastonia Rangers. So, oh, he was in the man. gas house for a little bit. I didn't even know that. Apparently, man. my – That's why we have smoke. That's why we have smoke. Apparently, <laughs> well, the funny thing is my aunt – my aunt actually worked for the Gastonia Rangers at that time. She had a massive crush on Pudge. Problem is, it wasn't the other way around. But Pudge's brother had a crush on my aunt. She didn't really have a crush on him. <laughs> so, yeah, by the way, Pudge's brother apparently uh, turned out to be a pretty good doctor. Okay, successful family. You love to see it. You love to see it. This is why this smoke just is just this. All right, it's so full of information. We got it. So we got 77 in. I got to ask you a question because you said, oh, Willie, skinny legs, rove. You said skinny legs, right? He does have skinny Somebody legs. told me yesterday, I, I bring this up because it's topical right now in Charlotte, but because he's an Alabama man. We're debating the number two overall pick in the NBA draft. Hornets have it, right? So I got all sorts of people uh, texting the show yesterday about Scoot versus your boy Brandon Miller. I, I, heard, I, heard, I heard Smoke's what he said too so. okay but somebody comes in out of left field yesterday and goes i don't want brandon miller his fucking legs are too skinny i don't like that <laughs> swear to god on the text line yesterday, his fucking legs are too skinny don't like that one bit and i was like oh okay not not his handles you know not the ncaa tournament not you know anything like that his legs are too skinny for you all right what do you your boy brandon give me your basketball evaluation brandon miller second pick hornet should they do it i i do i think he's a budding superstar okay. I, I think he's a knockdown shooter um, not only that, but he can create. He's got great handles as well. And he's 6'9", 6'10". So uh, I think he has the height, the size to be effective. He could remind me of, of what um, of, uh, Porter Jr. is right now okay. in Denver immediately because Porter Jr. is a great shooter. I mean, he just has other great players around him. So he's normally or typically the third or fourth option. But right here, you bring him into Charlotte, he would be the third option immediately behind um, – the point guard and what's the guy that's Lamello? coming back? Lamelo and Miles and Miles Bridges. So I, I think you need more scoring. I, I like the athleticism. He's a great wing player as well, and that's what you guys need. You need more guys on the wings who can go out there and score and put up buckets and, and give you some offensive firepower. And also, you know, him being sixteen, he can naturally be a, a decent rebounder. And also, and look, he made like fifty some percent of his three-pointers last year when he was uncovered. So that means he's a knockdown shooter. He's oh, he's that. Yeah, he makes open shots. And then contested, he was still shot in the 40s. So um, I, I really like his game. I, I think he's a, a budding superstar. I, I think he would be a steal um, for Charlotte to get him at two, especially when you once you follow the Wimbenyana, it was Wimbenyana and everybody else. I think Brandon Miller's a great everybody else in this draft. I know you've been talking about Scoop for a while. 
uh, Kyle. Everybody has. You, I mean, you. I didn't even know who he was until you put me on. Well, okay, but like, so this so, was on probably episode fifty something. Well, that's okay, but like, what about the people that are like, nah, you know, look what happened with the gun in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. So the the whole gun thing is like, number one, um, I think the University of Alabama did him a disservice by the way they handled it, and I also understand like he made a bad decision for eighteen year old kid. And right, so you got to put all those together to really get the end result and where we're at right now. If Alabama suspends him three games, just come in suspending three games because people have been suspended for a lot less than what he was involved with, which yeah. somebody lost their life. It wasn't him that shot him. It was not his gun. He did bring the gun to a friend of his who the friend later on gave the gun to another person that ended up shooting and killing somebody. Well, shooting at somebody and killing somebody else that was around the scene. Yep. Brandon Miller was there. He was right by where the bullet went through. So he's also traumatized by this whole situation as well. This has not been just the easy you know, move along type situation. But if Alabama suspends him, it takes pressure off him because it like he's been punished. All right. And then, and that was before anybody else even knew. I mean, of course I knew what all situation was like the day it happened, right. but nobody on the outside knew. And then when they got wind of it two weeks later, everybody was up in arms because they didn't punish the guy. And so it would have been responsible on Alabama side and his side and I think as a whole, society would look at it differently in the fact of like, did he, what did he do that was so wrong in the state of Alabama when a person asks you to bring them their gun, you do that? I mean, I know and I understand you got to be sensitive to the times and, and all the gun violence that we have in our country right now. But at the end of the day, I mean, if you don't like what he did, I mean, you can talk about the decision. Like, that was probably not the smartest but the actual action, I mean, he didn't break a law. Well, my, my problem with it, too, is that, again, I wasn't there. I yeah. don't know what that, how that conversation went. Like, if his boy calls him and says, hey, I'm about to fuck somebody up, bring me my gun. Okay, you got to exercise some judgment. If he calls, hey, I, my gun's in your back seat. I need you to bring it to me. I got to be honest with you. At 19 years old, 20 years old, if one of my boys, like, a, not anybody, but, like, if one of my good friends. He's 18. He's not even 19. Okay, there you go. <laughs> he was That's literally 18 the, at the time. Le Legitimately the age where so many of us made yes. horrible decisions. Yes. So, it's like, like I told somebody the other day, am I supposed to, to hold this kid, you know, am I supposed to kill him for the rest of his life? For the, you, know, you know what I mean by that. Yeah. Like, I don't know that I can hold that against him forever. And so, he can play. I know that. I, yes. I, I do know that. Um, all right. That's interesting. That's interesting. I, I think that there are a lot of people that are just like, no, you're coming off the Miles Bridges situation. Uh, James Booknight's a Two mess. Totally like you don't, you, you don't. Oh, they're completely different, of course. <laughs> and okay. Booknight's not even close to what Brandon. This Brandon no. Miller kid is an outstanding young man. Like he has great check marks all across the board. His dad was a former athlete at the University of Alabama. I mean, Alabama's lucky to even have him because he for lack of better terms, like he wanted to go to Alabama since he was a little kid and he just happened to be a great basketball player on top. So they lucked up by having him there. It's been really interesting to see the fallout, everybody's opinion of, um, about him when it's just so messed up because it's literally everything, all the other situations around him that make him so polarizing and actually not even his game is the first thing that people bring up. It's, it's everything else first, right? And the more Alabama was going to win in this tournament, last year's tournament, the more and more this situation would have kept up. I think Alabama, the university, did him a disservice uh, 
at the end of the day, I, I think they had a lot to do with it. And I, I think the whole situation would be so much differently if they just would have suspended I, Well, you, you know more about the, the university side than I do. You're an Alabama guy. I thought Nate Oates maybe performed the worst out of anybody. <laughs> Him like, too. I, 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 actually, <laughs> I actually thought the, like Alabama did like, – because there were people calling for them to suspend him right away. Yeah. And they're like, no, I mean, he's got rights too, and he didn't break any laws. And the police here, you know, they've already talked to him and cleared him of any wrongdoing. So what's the university supposed to do? Even if you think ethically they should, or even if you think that he's got to behave better, that there should be some sort of punishment, you can't just unilaterally come down with a hammer on someone when they didn't break any laws correct which is also interestingly part of the argument with you know john morant for some people right now too where it's like hey he didn't break any laws yeah no i agree with that he didn't break any laws but, but you're he's held also to a higher like, standard hey, you're held to a higher you're standard. held to a higher standard it and he's acting like, like a shithead all the time doesn't matter and you're on top to of that he's standard. already gotten away with it twice and the nba did nothing to him the first time adam silver had him gave him a light slap on the wrist they couldn't pin that laser back to an actual gun in Indianapolis. Yeah. And so he got to skate on that stuff, and now he's made the commissioner look like an idiot. And so people – you got to do something with John Morant. John Morant's going to get hammered for 30. I think he's going to hit, hit hammer for 30 games minimum. Right. Some people want him the whole year. Some people want half. It's like I think 30 is a minimum because Adam Silver's not known to be heavy-handed. He's not. He's not. In these the, things, right? No. But I, 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 But – you're starting to, as you know, as people in the in the South would say, you're starting to you're starting to mess with the church's money mm -hmm. at this point. All right, you, yep. when you start to affect the logo, all these big donors and boot, like people that are, that give a lot of money and the sponsors, like, and the way gun violence has really is at the forefront of everything. A lot of things going on in our society in America right now. We just he has to be more aware. And as a player, you are held to a higher standard. If you work for the NBA, if you work for the NFL, you work for these big companies, the shield matters. And so I know the NBA is a player-driven league where they promote the players more. And that should even let you know you got to be better, right? Because yeah. they already put you in front of – players in the NBA mean more than teams. And so you have to be aware of those things. And uh, – and Ja's going to get hammered. I think he's going to get at least 30, 30 games. I'm, I'm not a basketball guy, but I wouldn't be shocked if he's going to get 30 games minimum uh, going forward. Uh, did you see J.J. Be... Reddick's little spiel the other day? I did. And look, man. what is he... Can I say this real quick? Like, he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. Like, he tries to make some point at the end about, well, the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, out here telling people to, to purchase guns. The Nashville politician who posted with a, or posing a Christmas card with AR-15s. So, wait a minute. So, you're extremely concerned about guns violence but at the same time you don't think we should be coming down with a hammer on a 23 year old who hasn't broken any law well when you're playing around with guns and and you know you know flashing them in instagram live videos and playing gangster part-time what do you think is the next thing to happen jj gun violence that's what i, I just so if think you're so concerned with gun violence shouldn't you also be concerned with you know stemming this and putting a stop to it by, by actually punishing this guy because who does he think he's impressing by, by flashing guns on Instagram Dude, it was Live? A, it was a small one, too. It wasn't like, even a big hit. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what are you doing, bro? It, was, it's insane. it is. It's, it's frustrating on for me when I see it. It's frustrating. It's like, why are you flashing this? And it's a little it, – it was, it, it was bad. And then for J.J. to try to – you know, I think J.J. trying to prove a point that we hold athletes and these um, people we look up to um, at a higher – a higher mark or a higher uh, position than we do our own people that really run our country. I think that's what he's trying to make. It's like, we, and look, and he's not wrong about that. 
we don't we don't hold politicians at a higher standard. Oh no! Like like we see them do stuff and say things and lie. And we're we electing just, bottom of the barrel. Yeah, people. yeah, yeah. We, Absolutely. We say, yes. Can every year we're electing <laughs> bottom of the barrel people so, in public office. I, I think JJ should say that. Just say that. He's like everybody's all up in arms on athletes whenever they do wrong or they do these certain things when our politicians and people who really help run and and circulate and 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 uh, and shape and mold this country are held at a lower standard that rob, they cheat, they steal, they lie, they do all kinds of different things, and we don't hold them to the same standard. And he did not technically break a law, but that doesn't mean anything in NFL terms or NBA terms because they say that. That's in the contract. Like, you, you're not held to, like, you're not going to get in trouble if you only break a law. That's not the case. No. And what makes this interesting from the NBA standpoint, if you look at it, they're in a time of transition right now. LeBron ain't going to be playing for much longer. Yes, it's so, so true. and you look at all the big names in the NBA right now, you, you think of Giannis, you think of Luka. I mean, those are uh, Nikola Jokic. All of those guys are foreign-born yes. players. Who's going to be the next American star to really step up? And I think that's what's really making the NBA very nervous is, like, here's this guy who's probably <laughs> going to be the next big U.S.-born star. And he's completely fucking it up just yes. by doing stupid shit. Yeah. It's not like, oh, you got pulled over for pot. It's, oh, I'm just flashing my gun on Instagram Live. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool. No, you're not. You're a dumbass. No, he's gone full Papa Doc. Yeah. That's what he's done. He, like, he's gone full Papa Doc. And that's, that's the running joke. It, but it's true. Bro, everybody knows where you're from. Everybody knows your background. Like, you're not fooling anybody. So why are you putting everything you've, you've earned in jeopardy to play a role that isn't you? I don't understand what you're doing the, here. And to piggyback on what Smoke said, Smoke, he has another human element to it as well. Not only being American-born, but he's not 6'7". Like, more of us can actually see ourselves in Ja Morant's shoes. I know we're not all as explosive and, and can jump through a gym like him, but... <laughs> not as twitchy. You know what I mean? But at least he's our size. You know what I'm saying? He's not... He's 6'1", he's six foot, whatever that is, and he plays above the rim, so he's exciting to watch as well. And I think you bring up a great point. I think that's the biggest point that the NBA is saying internally, but they can't say it out loud because they got to kind of root for everybody. But, man, they would love – he's the next one. He's the next one up. And he's like – he's messed – like I said, he's messing with the church's money right now. Yes, there's no question about it. Um, like, you can't – we're still – look at who we're watching right now. Jimmy – LeBron James, um, Steph Curry, Clay and Draymond. You know, we're watching Jimmy Butler right now with the heat. Like, Giannis hasn't gotten older yet, but, like, the big draws are guys who are – well into their 30s now. KD. Yeah, KD's, what, 34, I think? And, and KD's 35? had some, some injuries, too. Right. Lower body injuries throughout the years. Exactly. That, See, which normally slows you down. I mean, but, you know. So it's the, it's the, the guys that, were, that are still big ticket items that we're watching. They're aging superstars. They're not going to be around that much longer. They're not. So, you know, you kind of need your young crop of young up-and-coming superstars to basically not do what Ja's doing. You, he has to do the – they do need to do the opposite of what Ja Morant is doing right now. Yes. It's painful to watch it, bro. It is. It, it's going to be interesting to see because, like I said, the NBA is not known to be heavy-handed in dealing out their punishments. And, you know, so – Even Gilbert Arenas is like, bro, you, what are you doing? Like, you like <laughs> – you need to stop hey, that Gilbert, right now. Gilbert, Gilbert's the one that's got caught doing everything. Right, like he's an expert. <laughs> that's what they, what not to do here. Yeah. Like he's I, looking at Josh. Like no, 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 you're doing I it wrong. I think Gilbert at one point in time was like, bro, I brought a gun like to like fight or kill my teammate on a plane like, yeah, over yeah. a card game. <laughs> yeah, it, was like, <laughs> it was like I think he's openly admitted like he was like all in. Yeah, like trying to go get his or kill his. Teammate. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He wanted. To, who was it? Was it Crittenden? Who was the teammate? 
that, that he almost oh, got in a fight Lord. with on a plane. It was over gambling debt, right? Yeah, like a card game. It was something I crazy. think a card game on the team plane is what got it started. It's like, first of all, you're on a plane. You're going to start shooting. You start poking holes in the plane. That's not going well for anybody. That's a, But no, it, it's the NBA has an issue right now, um, just in that front, right? You, yes. These guys got to act right because the next wave of superstars needs to carry the league forward. There's still interest in the league, uh, but I think we're seeing that it's mostly playoff driven because the regular season, you know, is just sort of, eh. That's why, they're, that's why they're making that tournament next year with the new yeah. CBA. So, they know. Yeah. They what know. Tournament? Uh, it's going to be an in-season tournament, essentially, uh, where the winner gets essentially, I think, a hundred grand per player or something like that. Nice. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're incentivizing, you know, actually Guys that playing. actually play hard. Yeah, guys that actually play hard. It's hilarious. Speaking, <laughs> since we were shitting on politicians a second ago, I just had to ask you about this because it's the top story on, on a couple of sites today, and I caught it late last night. Did you see that uh, that ex-49ers fullback Bruce Miller has been uh, reported to Capitol Police because he sent death threats to Adam Schiff? Have you seen this? No. I don't know if you – I mean, you wouldn't have played – well, I don't know. When did you retire again? Uh, 16. 16. You actually might have right, now that I, – I, mean, I don't know if you played against him or not, but this dude, uh, Bruce Miller – I don't know this guy. He's a former 49ers fullback. He was there for like five or six years. Oh, yeah, he's number 49. He was more of like an H-back. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, he um, <laughs> he sent threatening messages to Eric Swalwell. Um, and I think Swalwell shared them all on, on Twitter. But uh, one of them said, quote, almost time. Would you rather Guantanamo or just execution fucking traitor? End quote. That's, that's what Bruce Miller sent to Adam Schiff the other day. So I wasn't sure if he played against Bruce Miller and if he had any stories about prep. <laughs> Actually, he did. I, I just looked it up. He was, he was on the he was on the Forty Niners uh, during the uh, catch part three with Vernon Davis. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I was there. Okay, for that. you were there for that one. I yeah, was definitely. There for so that. Uh, you were in danger, and you didn't know it. No, I didn't. <laughs> it, it's it, it's amazing to me how people get so emotional and wrapped up in things, and um, they blame our politicians and and um, I I think it's down ballot stuff that I don't think enough people pay attention to that's oh, yeah, really no. changing things like even the lady here in North Carolina that ran as a Democrat and then within 30 days of being elected switched to a Republican and then voted against abortion rights and all these other things so it's like like these things are happening right here in front of us and North Carolina as a state already um, is a purple state but uh, it's been gerrymandered a lot over the last 10 years or so. Yeah. I, I think one went up to the Supreme Court already. It, it's been a lot of different things here in this state. Very, very unique. I'm happy and proud that I get to vote in North Carolina because it is, it's a state that can go red or blue depending on the year, depending on the candidates. And so growing up in Alabama my whole life where it didn't matter, uh, my vote mattered less because it was always going to be all Republicans all the time <laughs> versus here in the state. I feel like my vote matters. So I, I take a little bit more pride in that. It's just really cool to see um, that all these things really, truly affect us on a day-to-day basis. It's been uh, very polarizing, especially the last two and a half, three years, all the things that are going on in politics. It's a weird state politically. Because how many times has this state gone, what, blue for, or blue for governor, red for president in the same election? All the time. I think it just did. Uh, I think it was no, it was uh, no. Actually, yeah, it was blue governor uh, in twenty twenty and red for Trump in twenty twenty. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, but uh, and the Senate, the Senate went red. Oh yeah, and no, the, the blue went. There's a the super. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it was crazy. It was uh, there's a super majority here. Now. Yeah, yeah. Is there because you're, you're talking about Trisha Cotham a minute ago? Like that was she was a part of it too. But uh, there were two other representatives that voted on the latest legislation that you just mentioned a second ago. Um, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm so tired of all this. Like, Me too. It, it's. But it's not going anywhere. Well, but now. like, it, what's frustrating too is that, like, now on the college level, you still have these college presidents and maybe commissioners, you know, appealing to 
you know, the federal government for help. It's like these, you think these are the people that are going to solve your problems in college athletics? You think these elected officials who we can't rely on to work together to, to do anything, you know, to, to help people, broadly speaking, are going to fix college athletics problems? Good luck with that. Good luck with that because that is absolutely not going to happen. And especially now with some of the gambling issues you're seeing, you know, I, and I don't even know if they're real issues like Iowa, Iowa State, that thing that happened a couple of weeks ago. What about you? Speaking of Alabama, <laughs> the baseball coach, what the fuck oh, was man. that? Dude, I think he was on the Wi-Fi, too. It was just like bad. My man was on the Wi-Fi placing dirty bets. <laughs> Dude, it was just what was he betting on? He was betting on like his like. Oh, I think he was communicating information about, you know, because y'all's ace pitcher got scratched like, I don't know, what, an hour before the game against LSU that against day? Against one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. yeah. And so there was all of a sudden some, you know, inconsistent betting activity at uh, Great American Ballpark up in Cincinnati. And people were like, wait a minute, why is all of a sudden there's a bunch of money floating in on an Alabama baseball game <laughs> in a brick-and-mortar facility in Ohio? Right? Really? Like, oh, yeah. Like it, a, that was the red flag. No, there were red flags going up everywhere. Absolutely. <laughs> All, and it wasn't just Ohio. Like, there were two or three other states, right, that caught on pretty quickly that there was some strange betting activity taking place I on this game. I believe so, if I remember correctly. Yeah, like, yeah. there's, like, a, That's a, hilarious. a bunch of money came rushing in in one direction. I believe it was LSU's direction because they scratched the ace, and um, they shut down betting immediately. They're because, like, hold on, something's up. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, <laughs> they have ways – they had ways to track some of this shit back in the 90s. Like, it was at the Arizona – the Arizona game or the Arizona betting points-shaving scandal back in 94. Is that right? I think yeah, it was Arizona, Arizona State. I think so. Like yeah. But either way, the, it was whichever one it was. They caught it in 94 because all of a sudden the flood of bets came in just under $10,000. And that's the that was <laughs> the threshold yeah, for the IRS report, yeah. to throw up the red flag, you know, to at least, you know, figure out where this money's coming. So all of a sudden there's a flood of bets just under $10,000 coming in. And everybody was like, well, in 94, like, mm, something's not right here. Something's not right here. So they're pretty good at catching this stuff now. No, I, the, the guy from Alabama, I mean, he got fired. They like the day like gone so very interesting to see I, I i don't know um i mean the betting thing is it's more the leagues and everybody needs to be more aware of these things i don't know if all the nfl players understood and knew what exactly the rules are clearly like what not. they can or cannot bet on like clearly, that, yeah clearly when you got four or five guys from one team all they they're all talking about it, and this is their thing is like the next hustle or whatever they're trying to do, and they all get caught doing it, and all are suspended. So I, I don't know if they clearly knew, and I'm not saying that's an excuse, but some communication factor needs to know. Can you, if you're in the NFL, can you not bet on college? Like, I don't even clearly know all the rules myself. I think one of the ways that some of the guys in the Detroit Lions got uh, got got. Uh, was, well, you were at the facility, right? Yeah, you were at the facility. It's one of those weird rules, where I, and I don't even know that much about it because I'm not a gambling man, right. but is if you go across the street to a, just like a local restaurant or a local bar, it's you fine. Could, you, yeah, if, if you're gambling on something that doesn't involve the NFL, let's yeah. say you're gambling on the Alabama-LSU baseball right. game, you would be fine as long as you're not across the street. And I think what also got them was they were connected to the to Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. At Ford Field. That fucking Wi-Fi, man. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. When they offer that shit, I, I go to airports, I cut Dude, my shit off. I tell Camille, all, I tell my wife I all the time. I cut my shit off. She goes, I'm like, you realize that you're just begging to have your phone hacked, right? You are begging to have your phone hacked on public Wi-Fi. Cut my shit off all the time. Oh, yeah. I, I told him, he and I had that, that discussion about uh, Wi-Fi a while back. I'm just, there's certain places you should not connect to the Wi-Fi. I don't trust it. No. Because there's some dude sitting over there in the corner picking his nose, you know, just t- tapping away on his computer, looking at all your shit. Like, yeah, I, I don't trust public Wi-Fi at all. 
that's hilarious. But I, I do know the uh, the Wi-Fi thing is an issue. But like I said, as players, I, I think they need to really they need to hammer this down because now that gambling is so much easier and accessible. I mean, just from the phone, any state, all the time, wherever you're at. It's just too accessible, so I think a lot more people need to be aware of what exactly you can and you can't do. Um, whether that's betting on college or or gambling on whatever lane you're going to do, I think you just need to be more aware, especially in uh, these professional situations where you literally can lose hundreds of thousands of dollars for making a $100 bet. It just doesn't add up. It's, I mean, no. the, and the standard is set, so, like, you're going to get suspended, like, you're going to get hammered, so just make a better decision. Like, you, you're not going to fight this, and you're not going to win it either. So just be smarter about what you're doing. And, you know, as me and Kyle Bailey would say, stay off the Wi-Fi. Just stay off the Wi-Fi. I mean, I, <laughs> dude, I've just – was the Internet the ruination of civilization? Was that – the older I get, I'm starting to think that the Internet was the ruinization of, of society. Probably. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I disagree. You disagree? I disagree. Oh, because uh, there's a new TikTok trend, two of them actually, that has teenagers just randomly walking into people's homes if the door is unlocked. And a second one, a second one. Oh, no, this one is even worse. I was talking to Smoke about it yesterday. A new TikTok trend um, is uh, a prank, and I'm using heavy air quotes here, where teenagers are filling up gas cans with water, but then running up to people in public parking lots and dumping it out on their, their cars as they're getting out of it, making people think that they're having gasoline dumped on their cars and about to be set on fire. I watched one yesterday where an old man pulled a, pulled a pistol on a young guy doing it, and yeah, that's. You, I you're, mean, you're lucky. You're playing with fire, bro. You are, you're trying to get shot. And people in, and like they have every right to yes, do that. They do. If you run up the to my car, yeah, and you dump what looks like gasoline on my car, not just with me in it, but like I, my kids are always with me. Your kids are always. What's your reaction going to be? Yeah. As, a, as a father, right? Yeah, I got to defend myself. And this is what I mean, t- TikTok is feeding these kids a steady diet of this bullshit. I just think it's it's so funny because it's just TikTok in America. You've seen, so you know, you've seen the stories. Yeah, it's just TikTok. The in vastly America. different versions of TikTok yeah. that we get here versus what the let's say the you know Chinese youth get. Right. It's a very different version of that app, isn't exactly. it? Exactly, and it's understandably so. They would love to make us dumber. Um, oh yeah, they can rot us from the inside out. Yeah, and it's you know if we don't control ourselves or get some kind of self control, then we're gonna we're our own worst enemies. I, I know you you said the the internet is our is our biggest downfall, but. I still think it's just human nature, like just being born a sin, human nature itself. Like we naturally, you know, it's a reason why you have to teach kids not to lie because that's what naturally what we do. It's easier. Like kids will lie naturally. You don't have to you don't have to teach them how to lie. You got to teach them how to tell the truth. You got to teach them how to do the right thing, make the right decision. And a lot of these kids, man, it's just. They're lost. They don't understand right from wrong a lot. Well, they understand right from wrong. They just don't fucking do it. And if anybody tried to come pour some gasoline on my car, they're getting like five fingers to the face. Yeah. Um, ASAP. ASAP. What you got, Smoke? I also think, to, to his point, I think the internet has just made all the dumb shit that we've seen <laughs> throughout the years more accessible to get. But yeah. that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be there was just pockets of dumb shit isolated going on somewhere, and you can just stamp that shit I out I think real the quick. state of Missouri just banned TikTok for kids. The go- they, well, I know the government agency. See, this is the thing, too. This is where I've become pretty disillusioned with politics over the last couple of years especially. And I said this back when Trump was in office. I was like, I understand why people hate the guy. You know, he's kind of been a douchebag publicly for most of his life. 
Um, but there were always going to be some things that were a part of his administration that, you know, were right or accurate or that you could agree with or that, you know, just whatever yeah, the case. Sure. Was. This was one of those things that Donald Trump was yelling back during his, his administration. And so many people refused to listen to it because, well, he's Donald fucking Trump. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of folks just hate him worse than they hate the devil himself. But like he was saying, hey, we got a problem here with this TikTok thing. Now, that might not have been, you know, his original idea realization. Somebody might have told it to him, but still yeah. he was yelling, hey, we got a problem with TikTok. And we had a problem with TikTok. Now you see government agencies all over the country who've been steady banning it from government uh, devices, from government phones right. for months now. Yep. Because of course they should. Of course they should. So, yeah, I, it's, you know, there have been a lot of good. I, I joke about the Internet and social media being the ruination of you know, society, but there's also been some good. It also, though, makes people... I guess other people's thoughts of you much more accessible. Now, this is a podcast, but I was laughing about this a minute ago because, you know, Tyson Fury, one of the baddest men on the planet. I love him. Um, Terrible call, body. Called Joe Rogan, and I quote, <laughs> a pussy little fucking midget, bald-headed midget on his Instagram yesterday. I, I, that's what. So jo, apparently Rogan said on his podcast that John Jones, who I think is pound for pound the greatest fighter in UFC history, love John um, would beat Fury if they were locked in a room. Rogan said he wouldn't give Fury, quote-unquote, a fucking chance in hell of winning. And so all of a sudden this gets back to Tyson Fury, apparently. And this morning on his Instagram, he says, quote, I heard Joe Rogan say something about me. I've beaten off all the social medias and didn't reply to that little pussy, little fucking midget, bald-headed midget. I heard him say that John Jones could fuck me up if we were in a room together. I don't think so. Not a man born from a mother could fuck me up in a room on our own. Whatever happens in that room, I'd be walking out. Not a fucking problem. And so like, all my point is, you, you used to not know all the shit people said about you all the time. <laughs> now you always know if you're a public figure, there's somebody out there talking shit, and you're one Google search away from finding all of it at the same time. Very true. Yeah. And that is, uh, I, I actually not all the way mad at that. Because at least we get more entertainment. There from is it. some good. Yeah, yeah. I, I've actually become more like I just. Feel I like got I to got, read little pussy, little fucking yeah. midget, bald headed midget on the yeah, air. Yeah, I just feel now. like I got entertained off of yeah. that. I'm kind of cool with that. I would like to know each one of you guys' opinion. Who wins that that fight if they're locked into a room? This is not a boxing match. John Jones. Yeah, I, I I have the. Do I think Fury could knock him out? Absolutely. Yeah. But if he doesn't knock him out standing up and do it pretty quickly, by the time that hits the ground, he's he's gone. Like, it's over. Yeah, uh, unless agree, Tyson Fury is a high-level B- Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner, and, and I'm is. not aware of it, and which if he is, hey, awesome. I'll take him in the fight, but I don't think he is. And if that fight hits the floor, he's done. I mean, not only that, but I, I think John Jones is going to lead with a kick. I don't think he starts off. Yeah, you know, throwing hands here. I, I think he's going to. He's going to kick him in the thigh until he's, he's got gonna, whelps the size of a gonna, basketball. I think he's going, and then that's going to be that. Yeah, smoke. I pay to see it. Uh, but oh, oh god, I man. would love that. I would love to see it. That, yeah. That's honestly take all my money for that. One. Yeah, absolutely. That honestly is more hype than Conor McGregor going against uh, Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match. But I would probably say John Bones Jones just because he can also use his legs, his width. He's just more rangy and athletic than Tyson Fury is, and. If it was a boxing match, I'd probably say maybe Tyson. But if we're just talking about a fight, I'd go with John Bones Jones. There's only one way I think I, I could see Tyson winning, but there's also only one way that I really could see John Bones Jones losing. <laughs> That's him getting knocked out with a punch, right? Well, Has th- to. That that and that and or you have certain uh, pe- drug paraphernalia in the room. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. That's Appreciate the only way. Well, no, okay. I'm reading the quote now, and Rogan said the same thing. Like it's just there's just a difference. If you've never. And maybe you have or you haven't, but I've talked about this before. Like, I spent two years learning Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I am not good, but I learned a lot, right? When a man who's, who's a black belt gets his hands on you and, and knows what he's doing and you don't, 
It's the most helpless feeling in the world. <laughs> it is the most helpless feeling in the world. when there's a, And it, it happened to me, especially early on. Like, it is a humbling experience when I'm walking in there at 235 pounds and, you know, pretty strong guy, and I'm, you know, I'm rolling with a dude who's a buck 70 and who's three, four inches shorter than me, and he is tying me in knots, and there's nothing I can do about it because he knows exactly what he's doing, and I'm flopping around like a moose who fell over. Like, it's just, it's a different world. And so, John Jones, yeah, when that, Tyson Fury's one of the scariest motherfuckers on the planet, but as soon as that fight hits the floor, John Jones is either choking him out or he's going to mount his back and beat him, bludgeon him to death with, with elbows. Like, it's just not going to end well for Tyson Fury. And again, that's one of the baddest motherfuckers ever born. Yeah. It's just a different fight on the ground. And if you don't know how to do it, it's over. I just like it because all boxers are, like, so confident. Oh, yeah, like, they should like, be. I've never seen, like, a humble boxer. I don't want, I don't want to see a humble boxer. I've never, I've never seen one. I, I think everybody, they all think they're the baddest man alive. Yeah. They all think they can kick everybody's ass. Because most rooms they walk into, they are, in fact, that. I agree. And, you know, it's funny, though, because I've been in the room with Floyd Mayweather, and I was like, that guy is really small. But, like, I wouldn't fuck with him, though, because I know his hands are so lethal. Like, like... I get it why he has humongous bodyguards around him because people probably look at him like, dude, I could try. I could try. Uh, you know how many dudes probably <laughs> like, tried <laughs> to test dude. Floyd Mayweather? I could Mayweather. try Floyd. I, I could try because he's not a big guy at all. 6'4", 275-pound dudes just chirping at Floyd dude, Mayweather. Could, I could try him. Right. For sure. And I've seen Floyd's hands, bro, Like even when he's sparring at 40-something years old now. I mean, the dude's still a ma- magician inside of the ring and just boxing and just – when he plays with people all the time, like when he just has it past people come in that's maybe oh, yeah. an influencer or a YouTuber, and he's just like talking to the camera while he's like jabbing the shit out of his the, the person that's in the ring, just so lackadaisical. It's just a different level, like you're talking about, Kyle. These people are trained killers. And uh, I just think it's funny because I've never seen a humble or a boxer that doesn't think he's the baddest man alive. I think most dudes get this. Smoke and I have talked about this. But, like, okay, 54-year-old Mike Tyson couldn't beat 25-year-old Mike Tyson. But 54-year-old Mike Tyson still whooping the shit out of 99.5% of dudes on the planet. And you better never forget that either. <laughs> That's a scary dude. <laughs> right. Right. Smokey, we have, we've had that conversation. I mean, I remember when he first came back and started uh, working out in the ring again. This was during the pandemic. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> He's still got it. And he's talking about how out of shape he is, too. And it's like, dude, that's terrifying. And you're talking about how horrible that felt. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, when he hits a bag, it just sounds different. And everybody's like, ugh. Can you no. imagine? Like, I, sometimes I think about that because I'll see the old clips pop up on TV. And we were talking about Brandon Miller earlier, like being 18, 19 years old. Imagine being 20 years old and having a belt put on you and being told you are the baddest son of a bitch on the planet because that's what the heavyweight champion of the world is. And being 20 years old and just knowing there's, you're the baddest son of a bitch on the planet, and anybody who knows who what your name is knows you're the baddest son of a bitch on the planet. I, I think it's amazing that he was 18, 19 years old, like 5'11", just a little bit under 6 foot, 220-something pounds, and knocking cats cold. Um, I, I think he was – Mike Tyson was born to fight. You know, certain yeah. people have certain gifts. He found his at an early age. Um, that is what he is meant to do. This guy's explosive in a short space – Short area quickness that I've never seen to be able to defend, can take some shots. He has very big, heavy hands is what everybody says when they meet him. And he is a scary brother. And uh, I don't think he would be successful at a lot of other things outside of fighting and kind of being able to tell his story in which and what he does now. 
and he smokes a lot of weed and just kind of does his thing. Oh yeah, no, I don't think he becomes a, a, a you know massive weed entrepreneur and uh, an actor without first being the fighter that he was. Like he parlayed that fighting career into those things. And he's been through a lot, man. Like that guy has seen and done things that almost almost nobody's done. But that that's a product of being what he was to begin with. He had a terrible childhood. Um, you know, I mean, which, he got a fucking tattoo like like a week before his like on his face like a week before a fight. Like, oh yeah, no, he's crazy. Does that? He's insane. And that's what like, I'm saying. But like, he, who does that? And the most fucked up childhood you can imagine is what. That's why he tells. I heard him tell the story one time about how his son told him he wanted to fight, and he laughed at him and was like, "Shut the fuck up! You're not gonna fight. Like, you're not gonna be a boxer. You're not like me. You grew up. You're a rich kid. All right. <laughs> you like. It's not that no rich kid could ever be a fighter, but the vast you're not. Ma- you're not, dude. Like, it takes a different kind of mindset to do what he did. Like, that's just, I watched the Creed movie, like the Creed, you know, with Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, that's the story where it's like, okay, you're Apollo Creed's son. You didn't come up the same way he did, right? So that's the big challenge in that movie. And for most of these guys, no, you don't have the same hunger. You don't have the same fight to get there. You don't have the same driving motivations. Let's be honest, the same trauma that it took to, you know, get in the ring and become an absolute monster the way that he did. And he's looking at his son like, what do you mean? You've been a rich kid your whole life. No, absolutely not. You're, Dude, you're never- I, I, I challenge my kids all the time with this and I see a lot of other kids that my kids play with at all some of these other nice schools and stuff I'm like they're all living on a fucking yacht they don't even know right right that the real struggle um or sometimes the sacrifices and all the work it takes to actually be really good at something yeah all right you guys think you're working hard you ain't you ain't you ain't working hard I mean you don't even like to sweat like, what do you mean you're working hard? I, I don't see you after school working on your craft. I don't see you doing these other things. So it, it's really amazing. And, and Mike's right. Uh, when, you know, that second generation, um, it's just really tough for them to have that same grit to get up there and do it. Not saying that it can't be done because it is done a lot, but it still takes special cases, man. And it's just really tough to be successful at everything. I don't care. It's just competitive. It's competitive. Well, you, you have to have that gene. Like not, and I'm not saying Michael Jordan's sons didn't have this, but he, they didn't have what he had. You know, just in terms of his drive and motivation, where he came from, what drove him to be the best. It's hard to have that. You know, and you well, can, I think Mike's kind of fucking crazy. Uh, once I saw is. his all 30, these dudes his, are crazy. his little thing, he's kind of fucking crazy. Like, all, yes. He made up vendettas all the time versus everybody. That he, didn't happen. That, that was only in his mind. Yes. He... And, like, when you heard him, like, explaining all these things, I'm, I'm like, I mean, I thought it was entertaining, but in my awesome mind, I'm like, dude, Michael Jordan kind of fucking throw it off. Like, he's, he made up all these things in his mind. He Smoke, you saw him. <laughs> yeah. I, he, he made up over and over. He was finding a reason to be mad or pissed off yeah. to, like, go play. Honestly, I think someone said it best a couple weeks ago. I saw on Twitter. Someone's like, let's just be grateful that Michael Jordan was a great basketball player and not didn't become like a politician or a world leader because we'd be sitting in a completely different planet right now. Oh, it's the social media thing with him, too. Like if we had if we had lived through his entire career had been examined or, or viewed through the lens of social media, we wouldn't talk about Mike the way we talk about Mike today. We just wouldn't. no, no, everybody. I mean, he was not a nice dude to teammates. He was not. He treated everybody. I mean, yeah, he wasn't great with. I don't think he was great and nice to fans all the time either. As far as like autographs and things like that. Look, I just appreciate his competitiveness, and I just think it's hilarious that he made up all these vendettas in his own head, just like from people saying stuff, somebody saying something in a newspaper somewhere, and he just always held on to it. He like never. He kept every receipt. And he made up receipts, too, on the way. He was just like, no, fuck it. I'm... <laughs> Tonight he's getting it. 
Well, yeah, and like, but imagine because back then, or if his, if we have Twitter, then one of his all night drinking poker, you know, cigar fueled binges that you know the night before a playoff game, <laughs> we hear about that, right? And then all of a sudden, the scope through where the, the conversation about Michael Jordan is different. Oh, MJ doesn't love the game, or he's not taking it seriously. What do you mean he was out drinking and playing poker all night the night before a playoff game? Well, he still dropped thirty six, didn't he? You know, like he he. I don't know if he's superhuman or he's burning the. He's still going or, hard. Or he's playing. Oh, he's still out here with Jeremy Roenick playing golf. And right. Like, they play in four hours. And it's right. like, we just saw Mike at the golf course. Yeah. Smoking yeah. a cigar, having a drink. Yeah. He was out at 4 a.m. this morning, <laughs> and he played his 36th hole this afternoon at 3.30, and then he went straight to the arena and dropped 37. Like, the con- whole conversation's <laughs> different if we know those things back in the early to mid-90s, aren't they? Yeah, I would think so. Um, but instead, all we talk about is his shoes and how – we can't get the Hornets right. Did you know that man made $256 million on Air Jordan alone last year? It doesn't surprise me, dude. I've, no one, no, uh, no I'm athlete. Looking my, I'm looking at my pool table covered with shoes right now because I'm getting a renovation. You got J- yeah, you, you do have Jordans everywhere. So it, I'm just looking, bro. They're, they're everywhere. Oh, yeah. Dude, first of all, you and I are in the same spot right now, and it's a blessed place to be. Don't get me wrong. Like, it just generally speaking, like, we have contractors in that. You're, you got them. You got your house being worked on. My, my new house is getting worked on. Contractors. Is there a more hectic way to live life than in an active construction site? In my case, is living out of boxes. My dog gets loose this morning. I'm chasing yep, him through the sh- woods. My shorts are there. My shirts are there. Sleeping in, like, sweatpants are there. And just oh, yeah. Like- you got boxes of clothes yeah, right now. I'm the same no way. Doubt. Boxes of clothes. And you always know it's real when you got the brown, like, uh, brown paper on the floor to cover up the floors. So, like, they have people to, people oh, yeah. to like, walk, walk on the brown. Yep. So you don't track up your They'll whole put it on everywhere. the walls so they don't scuff when they're carrying yeah. stuff through. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Just, I've been living in an active construction site for, like, three weeks. And it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. I've been in it for over a month now. It's, uh, it's real. <laughs> it's, it is real. And, it ain't, and I still got another couple months because we still got some heavy-duty stuff. Yeah going on from outside to inside all right i got another question for you is the sec going to expand again so you're an sec network analyst what's the lowdown because um, the acc is looking like they might get a divorce finally i don't know maybe i don't know if the acc has enough like to to divorce like i think the sec would be interested in a couple schools mm-hmm. um people would throw out the name florida state but florida state's just good in like name I don't know how much they actually add value. Um, um, North Carolina is another team that gets thrown around. Um, that would just kind of secure a whole nother state mm-hmm. for the SEC. And I know it's considered the South. I don't consider the South because the, the first part of the, the state of the name, the name of the state is North. Oh, my God. So, you know, Kyle, you know how I feel about this. <laughs> you know how I feel about this. Like, do, you, do you know mean? how I feel about this. You, first of all, first of all, you grew up in like, with Southern Alabama. The Deep South. The, the deepest of the Deep South. Yes. All right. All right. So, I, you got to uh, understand that. that it, it can't be the South if it starts with North. It, it just it, makes – It can be. It's so kind of – And And is. All so, right. is Tennessee not a part of the South? Not not the Deep South, no. I, I mean – So, the Deep the, South is the only part of the South that's actually Southern in your that's mind. That's me. Yeah, Alabama, Mississippi. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Georgia, Florida. Gotcha. That's like the deep state. Okay, Florida does not count. Florida, 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 Florida doesn't, doesn't count. Florida is its own state. Florida doesn't count. Unless we're counting count. North Florida. I was like, bro, have you been to North Florida? No, I've been to, look, I, was, I spent six <laughs> months in Pensacola. I've seen it. I, I get it. And actually, Pensacola, Alabama don't want it. Florida don't either. So it's like, it's really its own thing. All right, but anyways, <sighs> I, I've heard North Carolina being thrown out there too. That's insane, Roman. I, I see – the benefits of North Carolina, 
I, I because it's a, a a big time traditional school, especially in basketball. But like, I don't see the benefit of bringing in like North Carolina unless you get Duke too. And I know Duke's kind of on the outside of this magnificent seven that's sitting out there, just kind of waiting in the wind. You ever met a Duke football fan in the wild? No, but but Howdy. there's your answer. Uh, but you're I, a Notre Dame fan. You can't claim oh, both. Oh come on! I've watched all three schools that I pull for for twenty all years. All three schools, <laughs> yeah. All right. But but think about this though, Kyle. It would be competitive for Vanderbilt, though. You see what I'm saying? Like, we already have that in Vanderbilt. So, bringing in another one wouldn't hurt us in the SEC. Kick them on out. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kick them on out. Dude, Vandy's not going anywhere. Vandy's like old school, old school SEC. They've been there for a Kick long them on. Well, you just said Tennessee's not the South, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I just – I don't think they are. But anyways. But you let Missouri in the conference. I, that wasn't my the choice. The most Midwestern of states. It was not my choice. That was not my choice. Oh, my God. I just God. think it's going to be very interesting if they do continue to expand because people want out of the ACC because the contract, the TV deal, is, uh, is getting blown out of the water. Even though they signed it, they all signed it and thought it was a great deal. Yeah. Uh, and um, I, I, does I, it force the hand of Notre Dame? I think Notre Dame stays independent. They're not doing because anything they, they don't they, want to do. I don't blame them either. It's like, dude, you guys are – Having your little scuffles, we're good. Like, our money's good. They don't have to share with anybody. They're cool. And so um, the ACC's in this very unique position right now. I think the middle and the bottom tier of the ACC has to step their game up. And, like, when they're not dominating basketball, like they haven't been dominating the last couple years, it really waters down the whole product because they're already kind of lacking in football right now, and they need to pick that game up too. Florida State needs to be great this year. Like, you can't be dropping three games, two of them to teams. You're just like, mm, you know, tough schedule. Like, no, you got to win these games. Uh, Clemson's going to be Clemson. I understand that. But Virginia Tech needs to get their act right. I know that's frustrating. Our over-unders, five, five wins this year. I, I'm, not, I'm not, not super to, optimistic. I tried not to even put that out there. But, but you know, but no, you made the point, though, but like with this conference realignment stuff, just specific to my own perspective on it, like you said, um, there's still a lot of people in Blacksburg that, you know, absolutely are furious with the fact that 10, 11 years ago when the SEC was pursuing Virginia Tech, they should have accepted the invitation 11 years ago. <laughs> right, look, what, look what it's done for Texas A&M. Texas, no, nobody cared about Texas A&M. Nobody, nobody was afraid. Texas A&M has won 10 games like twice since like 1990-something. Right, but they like, became a recruiting juggernaut all overnight, right? All of a sudden, the SEC money's helping. Now, of course, they got oil money, too, yeah. that most schools don't have. But like they're, all of a sudden, they, they've got the nicest facilities, or some of them, they're, you know, they're expanding Kyle Field and blah, blah, blah. And it's like pre-whenever they joined the SEC, nobody cared about A&M. They, they dropped like 200-something million dollars to build a softball stadium that holds like 5,000 people. Right. It's like, it's like crazy. They got too much money. Yeah. Like they got like, too much oil money. They, like they nobody. Dropped, yeah. Right. So, like, that's the thing is, is it too late? Like, for my guys, they should have accepted that invitation 11 years ago when, they, when it was, you know, you know basically extended. And so, I think that's another thing, too, is hindsight is really sitting in. Uh, setting in for a lot of these ACC teams that are like, man, like everybody's be we're being passed up so bad. We're not helping ourselves. Yeah. All right. But it's a lot of other teams that suck too that are getting way more money than us for sucking. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, and a better conference. In a better conference. They, like, they, like Clemson and Florida State, like the top four revenue producing schools in Smoke, I don't mean to talk over you, but like the, you got Clemson, Florida State, Miami, Virginia Tech. Those are the four top revenue producing schools in the ACC when it comes to football. And they're looking up at the Big Ten like Rutgers is making more money than us. Seriously, Rutgers Vanderbilt has has twice as much revenue yearly for foot as 
Seriously? Yeah. Right? Like, And so, like, again, the Big Ten just signed a billion-dollar TV deal. Yes. And the ACC's at, like, $240 million. It's a quarter of the deal. And the current one runs through 2036. So unless you break it up or add somebody or trigger a renegotiation, what are you going to do? So I got people like yesterday, this guy, Luke Dukak, is yelling at me like, this is an overblown story. Nobody's going anywhere. Nothing's going to happen. And I'm like, I understand that this grant of rights seems like it's ironclad, but are these, like, four programs specifically and North Carolina, or are they going to just sit in a burning house? Like, what are you gonna, just going to sit in a burning house? But somebody's going to come, you know, put it out. What are you going to do? I, I, I think it's so – I'm enamored by it because – the TV deal is kind of ironclad. Like, they locked him in. I mean, remember how much they celebrated the old commissioner when he did it before he left. Because it saved the ACC. And remember that. Remember, it was like a huge deal. It I was the working, conference together. I think I was coming on the coming doing the radio a lot yep. at that time. Uh, when, what was that deal? When he left. Yeah, when he left. Yeah, when he, left. Yeah. When when he, he left. retired, yeah. Yes, it was like a big deal. Yeah. It was like one of the big things that he got accomplished before he left. He was like, man, we're going to leave the ACC in a safe place. It was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now we look up, he's like, Everybody's like, they're kind of fucking pissed. Right. They're pissed. Because the deal was too long. Yeah, and, you know, too long. Like, hey, you saved the conference, you kept it together, but also you made it so that they are now going to forever fall behind the other two. Yeah. Well, the- and we remember the moment where it happened. It was actually during, I think, Swafford's last ACC Media Days. You were at ACC Media Days. Yep. yep. And we, I got the news saying, uh, I don't know how reliable this source is because I haven't heard it, but uh, apparently Texas and Oklahoma are looking to leave the Big 12 for the SEC. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, yeah. And then it was funny enough, you had uh, Justin Fuente. You had to break, oh, yeah. break the news to Justin Fuente. He's Justin like, Fuente hears me breaking the news over the air, and he's looking at me like, what? And I was, and then he comes to sit down. He he got really candid, remember? Yeah, it was actually, it's actually rare to get him that candid. I know, and he, I, was, I told him what was going on, and he was like, well, that's the end of the Big 12 if that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, though? The Big 12 ain't done either. The Big 12. No, it's not a bad conference. It's not going to be bad. They feel more confident than the ACC, honestly, because <laughs> you look up. The, they've had – they're going to have TCU, who's just uh, in, the, in the playoffs. Cincinnati, just in the playoffs. Houston's coming over. Got a lot of money there. A lot of money there. A huge Houston, school yeah. in the state of Texas. They got a lot of money. Uh, and, you know, and then if they can continue to reach out west, they're not mad. Oklahoma State. Still has a fucking boatload of cash, too. I mean, they're the reason why we even started the playoff system because what's-his-name got all pissed when Oklahoma State had the really good year and didn't go to uh, didn't have the championship. Yeah, Mike Gundy. Yep. Yeah, not Gundy. It was uh, the, the big money guy. Oh, oh, um, oh, the oil guy. Yeah, he's the guy. T-Bone Pickens. Yeah, yeah T-Bone Pickens. Yeah, he's yeah. the guy. He fucking went up in arm, and next you know we got a playoff. So things can happen. I don't think the Big 12 is in a – Look, I mean, you still got the the bottom feeders. I mean, Nebraska has been awful since they went there. They've added absolutely nothing to the Big 12 since they've gone there. Or 10, Big 10. Oh, Big 10, yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's Big 12. Um, yeah. But um, back to the Big 12. I appreciate you correcting me on that smoke. Um, I, that's just my, my shit on that's what Nebraska he's around for. Moment. Yeah, my just. He catches me all the time. Yeah, sometimes you, you grew up with Nebraska in the Big Twelve. So, yeah, yeah. So. Sometimes you just got to shit on the big Nebraska every now. And then. Um, <laughs> They're the nicest people, bro. They are. I love. They're them. the nicest fan but I got base. A good, in the I got a good uh, friend of mine who played there, and he shits on them all the time. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, he's allowed uh, to. You know, you know, at the end of the day, Nebraska. You know, it's going to that rule. <laughs> I think I saw him. I think he's been here lately. I think I saw him. Rule? Uh, yeah, I think I saw him at Myers Park. Uh, his daughter's doing swim there. Um, oh, that makes uh, sense. She's okay. okay. Well, yeah, that makes sense. They're still in school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I mean, that, man, talking about just getting money hand over fist. 
bro. Just being average. Well, also, fuck. he's got to come back and talk to his lawyers because he's, he's still suing the Panthers for the dude, remainder of his contract, right? Dude, this guy, and just getting money for just being average. Is yeah. Like, seven well, year plan, you know. Jay Z didn't get a you know, contract label until seven years, you know. There, there will be, he will go down as one of the top three to five most hated people in the history of Charlotte sports. <laughs> there, I don't think it's any doubt about that. There's no, you don't think he's so? got the worst win percentage of any head coach in the Panthers history. He made more people mad. He, he was part of the end of the Cam Newton era. Like, is it, he's top five. I got to go down top five most hated. He's people. up there with George Shin. Yeah. Um, Shin, everybody hates him because he took the Hornets, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's probably more hated than Jerry, I think. Um, Ray Kluth has got to be bad. Yeah, I didn't want to mention that one, but he's, prob- it's, Ray's it's probably – He's my podcast, so I can mention it. It's okay. Ray, Ray's probably, <laughs> Ray's probably like, number I, one. I, I, feel, I feel like that was in your head. You just were hating. Just I, just hesitating I, I on didn't it. want to say it, but you said it. <laughs> Uh, um, but uh, yeah, so I think he's definitely top three to five most hated. He's probably he's definitely more hated than George Seifert because at least George Seifert in his last draft drafted, as I mentioned, Chris Jenkins, Dan Morgan, and Steve Smith. Yeah. So why did everybody hate George uh, George Seifert? He didn't care. Uh, no, no, he was uh, he, he was I mean, he he'd win, he'd won so much in San Francisco. He came here as just like a he yeah he was just coasting. And before the last game, apparently against New England, which was moved back because of nine eleven. Essentially, just uh, gave something equivalent to, all right, let's go out there, get our asses kicked. That's how bad it got. Look at your boy Primetime in a cowboy hat. Look at your boy Primetime in a cowboy hat. Hey, man, this guy's living the dream, man. First of all, I want to see what they're going to do at Colorado because I don't think they're going to be good at all. You don't? No. Didn't so? Was he, like, he was on a recent I, list. Of, they were on a recent list of like possible surprise teams to make the playoff. People next were year. making playoff bets on them, and like, I'm just like, do y'all realize what it takes did, to did, turn over a roster did, and start over all, completely? Did, did they see the spring game? Thank you. Well, first of all, the attendance was incredible. I mean, the fact that they like, yeah, yeah, a, but I'm talking about what was going on on the field. Oh, it's not good. It's not good at all. I, I actually small, watched that highlights. Yeah, I did. They're small. I watched the whole thing. You did. The game. They're small. They're not that athletic. No. There's not a lot of speed out there. Which kind of describes the Pac-12 for the most part these days, but still. Yeah, but, like, I mean, Utah's tough. They usually will be, yeah. Utah's tough. Utah has a lot of three-, four-year guys, five-year guys, sometimes six now in the ways college football is. So, it's a lot of guys that have been playing ball a long time. It's just, it's, I just don't think Colorado's going to be good this year, and I'm happy in, to say that. Um, I'm not happy to say it, but. I'm very honest when I say that. I don't believe they're going to be good. And maybe I'm on the outside saying it, but I'm at least I'm no, honest. I mean, like, I, I could see them, you know, like the, a big win for them, bowl eligibility, maybe. Depending – I haven't looked at their schedule. I'm just saying, like, he's brought some dudes with him. Like, he's got some guys – If they go to a bowl this year, it'd be outstanding. Outstanding. I agree. Outstanding. I just don't think the Pac-12 is very deep. So, I mean, I, you know, maybe – He's brought enough guys with him. They stay healthy. They could, you know, shock a few people, and they got a chance at the end of the season to pick up a sixth win. I don't know. I mean, something like that. Oh. Okay, Was, I've got their schedule. They, oh, God. They start the season <laughs> at TCU. Oh, okay. Lost. Yep. And then uh, they their first home game under Prime is one of the more interesting matchups, not because of the players, but oh, the coaches. That's right. Rule. Yeah, Rule versus Sanders. Dude. How about that? That's I'll a, that's go Colorado. No. I'm going no, Colorado. No, I'm going. I'm is going, that head or heart, though? What is that? That's complete heart. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. This, Matt Rule's back in his element, so he probably sh- he can overachieve. Uh, Colorado State, Oregon, at Oregon, USC. So, there's two losses in a row right there. Ooh. Arizona State. Oh, Bo God. Nix is still at Oregon, too, right? 
You can't I'd like to retract my statement there a minute ago. <laughs> there we go. I'd like to retract that statement. Oh, damn. Look at so okay. So TCU, national runner up. Nebraska, I don't know. Uh, Colorado State. Jay Norvell's a pretty good. Is this your how long has he been there? Year two, because, year two yeah. I think he replaced Adazio after the shit show yeah, he created. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. but they, I think Colorado State was way better last year. Not mm. way better, but they were better. I mean, yeah, I don't Colorado know. State it's it's a rivalry game. I don't know. We'll see. Like I, I could, I could see that being a win, but I'm not going to say it will be. Right? Oregon lost. USC lost. Arizona State. I don't know. Stanford. David Shaw's gone now. So like, uh, I don't know what Stanford is. Uh, UCLA lost. Oregon State. It's DJU. Oh, right? that Oregon State team is a like very dark horse playoff contender. That's how that like they're playoff not playoff contender. No, I think that's why. That's a wild sorry, take. Okay, smoke. okay, all right, all right. That's a wild playoff, take. Smoke. I didn't mean playoff contender. You know, but Pac twelve. Pac twelve. Champions. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Top fifteen team. North. Champions. Yes. 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 Top fifteen team in the country. That's yeah. What are you talking about? Not gonna let smoke. Pac twelve North. Okay. Understood. By the way, Colorado State three and nine last year. Okay. All right. So that might be their first win. Okay. Okay. All right. So UCLA lost. Oregon State. I'm gonna say lost. Arizona. I don't know. I don't have that. Is Arizona? Arizona was actually pretty. Let's for, go lost then. Yeah. W- Wazoo. Um, yeah, they're not making a bowl game, man. That's not, <laughs> yeah, they end with Utah after that. They're oh. not making a bowl game. Yeah, that's uh, Colorado's not going to a bowl Utah, game. Utah, by the way. All right. I'm stoked for Prime at Colorado. I just you're you're probably right about that, Rome. They're not going to win very many games. No, they're not. And I was trying to be optimistic because him him making them at least relevant or a factor is phenomenal for college football, and I yes. think it's going to happen. I'm just trying to speed up the process. Game day is going to be there at, at least some once. Point. Yeah, oh, they're going to be there once. for that Nebraska game. I think. You think so? Yeah, because it's two big coaches. You know, think what you think of Rule, but Rule was literally in a New Year Six Bowl his last year at Baylor. You know, Nebraska is also one of those programs that has not been. It's a historic program, but it hasn't been what it has been they've for been the last dormant. Yeah, they've been dormant. The last time they were even relevant somewhat was Bo Pelini in two thousand nine. Dormant meaning like doormat for yeah. years. <laughs> like Colorado, the best best Colorado team I think I saw in my lifetime was 2016. Colorado? Yeah. With Mike uh, Michael McIntyre. They oh had like gosh, a I forgot you, you're so much younger than us. Because uh, like, it's, it's up, insane sometimes to remember. Yeah, I, I grew up with yeah. uh, Dan, yeah. uh, Dan Hawkins as the head coach of Colorado. That's what I grew up with. Yeah, dude. I Division mean, one football. Sorry. It's like intramurals. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, I, if I'm going to bring some free meat next time, we got to wrap oh this up. I got God. Omaha's it's third time, 12 hours. Um, but, let, let, dude, how about that fire yesterday? Not to end on a somber Crazy. note. Here in, in Charlotte, if anybody – I was n- golfing, and I could see, like, smoke coming up. Then I got, like, messages all on my phone. Oh, it, it made national news almost immediately. My father-in-law, who's a career firefighter, of course, was just, you know, very interested in the story. He's checking in, and he's – it's a five, was it a six-alarm fire by the time it was done, I think? Yeah, something like that. It was – the smoke through it was just – Did you re- see the, the photo of them rescuing that guy on the crane yesterday? No. Dude, unbelievable. What, how many stories was he up? Ten, maybe? Maybe ten, maybe a little bit less. He, had, he walked out onto the crane – and firefighters had to rest. So I got a question, and I would love to hear both of you guys' opinion about this. Maybe you bring it to the radio today too, Kyle. You and Smoke both. Um, anytime a building goes up in flames yeah. like that, that big, yeah. all right, without being built in this type of environment of the economy where it's kind of like teetering. Oh, man. And, I know where you're going with this. I mean, <laughs> this, 
I mean, it's the first thing that comes up in my mind. is like, all right, who set it up? Uh-huh. Like, who set that bitch on fire? Listen, I, to get I don't the know. money. Like, get, out, get your money early. Insurance, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I got you. Let's see, uh, jet beams can't uh, burn steel or something jet like that. Jet fuel. Jet can't, fuel, yeah. yeah, can't yeah. Burn is that what you're going at now, too? No, no, it's not like that. But uh, look, okay, okay. I didn't know if you were going on that defense. Listen, no. somebody, look, t- two people, I think, one, I know one person died yesterday, right? Oh, no, I'm yeah. sorry. I didn't even know that. No, no, it's, I, I just learned it this morning. Uh, matter of fact, it was. I don't want to. Say, I don't want to say too much about it because I don't know the exact details, but apparently the guy went live on Facebook. Um, he was trapped in a room and was trying to, to get help. And, you know, his, oh. I think his wife, uh, she also put out a video this morning too, but, you know, she spoke to him. He went live on Facebook when he was trapped in that room, you know, trying to get out, I think trying to help them find him so that he could get out and he didn't make it out. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. But you know what? Uh, the older I get, the more conspiratorial I get too. So yeah, I don't. Th- I hear you. I mean, I understand thinking along those lines. But uh, that was a massive, massive blaze. Like you could see that on. They said you could see it on the the, the space satellites. Um, mm. You could see it on. Like you could see the dark smoke on the satellite imagery. It was that big yesterday. It was a massive, massive fire. Brad Panovich showed it, it showed up on the Doppler radar. Yeah, I saw Brad say that too. So no, our thoughts and prayers to everybody out there, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to CMP, or to CFD, the Charlotte Fire Department. They were incredible yesterday. No doubt. Incredible yesterday. And again, you hate to say it because, you know, it, it, these there's dangerous situations and people did lose their lives yesterday. At least one person I'm aware of. But, uh, you know, that's the stuff that, you know, those firefighters, it's what they live for. That's what they, they, that's what they do, man. They definitely like, their it's a scary situation. Nobody wants it to happen, but that's what those guys live for. It's what they're there to do. So, uh, shout out to them. All right, we're uh, – Smoke, good job, man. Good to see you. Thanks. Smoke. This would knock it out the park, bro. I, I miss we crushed you. it. Smoke. I miss you, man. It's been a while, Seamless. yeah. It's crushed. It has been crushed. We'll do it again next time for Roman Harper, Smoke Ludwig. I'm you Kyle. Know, you know what? Hold on, hold on. Because before you go, oh. Smoke, I'll just keep getting it right, okay? Because whenever you call me, you guys invite me on the show. Uh, in the clubhouse with Kyle, yeah. you always he he says his real name, his government, his name. government name. Gotta stop that. I'm like, dude, like, he did. Why to, you keep saying this? He like, did it to Josh Sims too. We're like, dude, why are you doing that? <laughs> He's like, dude, nobody knows you as that. No, hey, no. All right. By the way, this. we I, 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 we got to find a way. Next time we have him on, we completely dropped the ball. We should have played the track that Teron Armstead made for us. When we, that has to be his new. We have to play that when he comes on, the one that Teron did for us. You remember that? Yeah, I do. It was pretty. It was pretty. Oh, this is episode seventy-eight, right? Uh, this was next episode. Yes, next. Oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did. Seventy-eight, right? No, the next one is. Yeah, the next one. But Tron Armstead wears seventy-eight. Oh, correct. There you go. All right, there we go. We'll do it next time for for Smoke Roman. I'm Kyle. Work hard. Be nice to each other.